It's that time again. We are going over this very important principle for your NCLEX or nursing school, whatever. It is dialysis time for the Remar Nurses Worldwide Unite. Hi there. If it's your first time, my name is Regina Callion, and I am so happy to be presenting this topic to you. You might have missed these very, very important points in nursing school, and so I want to make sure that you take hold of them before your licensure exam. So we're going to talk about all things pertaining to dialysis, but let me tell you, though, the full, full review after I do my clipboard, because my clipboard has been getting five-star reviews, but also um, if you want to, not this one, if you want to get the full review, get into your quick facts because that has all of the major details. So again, we are talking about dialysis. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on in everybody. Uh, I have my quick facts book here. And what I wanna show you is for dialysis in particular, it's one of the largest subjects in quick facts. All right, so the di look how big the dialysis review is. The dialysis review is this section here, and then there's a full chart here that you need to study. This is page 32, all right? And so what you are going to make sure you have memorized because everything in this book has to be memorized, no questions asked. Don't ask me no questions. There are no sections that don't need to be memorized. And so you definitely want to know the difference. Can you see that? between the shunts, all right, the graphs, the shunts, and the central venous access. Very important because the, uh, the teaching and the duration of these access points differ. So you have pages 32, 33, and also it even goes into 34, okay? It goes into 34. And this section is unique because dialysis doesn't have a clinical priorities specific box is one of the um it's one of the sections that doesn't have it and that is because that chart if you memorize that chart those are your clinical priorities okay so spend some time with this section very important as always but let's get into it so are you guys ready ah pretty in. thank you so much for the testimonials coming on this is also monday motivation pretty and moses says i passed in Clex on Friday. Friday, congratulations. Um, and listen, tell me, how did you study? Let me know. Okay, so we have dialysis and our quick review is that dialysis is what? Dialysis is essentially in combination with what organs? When we're talking about dialysis, our main organ is going to be a kidney, one or two kidneys. Now, this is the point that you may have missed in nursing school. So just come closer, okay? And let me tell you, if you can remember the different types, the two different types, if you can remember the two different types of dialysis, inside and outside dialysis, it will help you so much in terms of your teaching, man, in, in terms of the, the, the main points for NCLEX. So let's just start with that. Let's start with, give me an example of inside dialysis. If we had to say which dialysis was inside dialysis, what would it be, okay? And if we had to say which dialysis was outside dialysis, which would it be? Okay. <laughs> All right. And listen, this is why you show up to class because I'm sure, 
I'm sure your teacher went over this and you may have missed it in class, but that's okay. You come here for your, um, you come here from your, for your refresher. Ooh. And I, and I listen, I see these comments on the screen. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Hi, hi boss, Regina. My name is Juliet from Nigeria. I passed my NCLEX on the 14th of this month at 112 questions. Nigerian nurses, wow. NCLEX is doable with your material. I'm officially, this is the best, a USRN. To God, I give all the glory. Oh, wow. What a testimonial. Congratulations. Oh, please continue to spread that, um, that positivity that it's doable. It's possible. You can do it. Okay. So I see that the two types of dialysis are presented. You guys do have them. You have, um, some people are saying peritoneal dialysis. Some people are saying, um, hemodialysis. Those are the two types that you should absolutely know, but which one is inside, which one is outside. That's where I'm seeing the confusion. Okay, between, mm -mm, nope, between peritoneal or hemodialysis, which one is going to be inside? The inside dialysis is this one. Okay, the inside dialysis is this one. Don't forget this. Okay, and then the outside is this one. Okay, very important. Inside dialysis is peritoneal dialysis. Outside dialysis is hemodialysis, all right? Hemodialysis. Don't ever forget this. Why, why is it inside and outside? Why did you guys think that hemo was um, inside? Okay, no, 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 no. When we do hemodialysis, where does the blood leave from? It leaves from outside of the body, okay? When you do peritoneal dialysis, that exchange happens where? Inside. Okay. And so this is going to be very, very important to know if we are talking about distance, if we are talking about convenience, if we are talking about diets, all of these things will be determined whether that dialysis is happening inside of the body or outside of the body. Okay. Keep watching. Keep watching. We're learning today. So let me, let, let me go here. The kidneys are very important because the kidneys are the main organs that are going to create balance in your body. Very, very important. If you want to be hemodynamically stable, your kidneys have to be functioning properly all the time. So we know the kidneys balance the fluid in the body, right? So if the kidneys are not on point, you're going to have a problem with edema. What else? Okay, what else determines the kidney balance? What else? What other things are the kidneys balancing or filtering? You guys might, you know, it, that might help you, but we have fluid here. There are three other very important hemodynamic um, issues that the kidneys are going to be regulating. The regulators of the body. Oh, I like that. I see that one here. I had that too. Okay, good job. Electrolytes, yes. What else? And good job. I have the next one already in the comments. Waste, good job. There's one more that I'm looking for. Uh, medications would be for me waste, okay? Because medications are something that is absorbed and then it needs to be excreted. 
Ah, very good. The last one that I see here is the aha. Uh -huh. And we are doing a great review. It is the blood pressure. So the kidneys are going to imbalance these very important things in the body. So blood would be, for me, it would be considered a fluid. So blood or urine is going to fall into one, all right? Um, and so that's very good. Protein, where would protein fall? Is protein one, two, three, or four? Wait, what would you guys, how would, how would we classify protein? And so these are the four major categories of what the kidneys balance. So if you know these four, you are going to have a great foundation to learn about the smaller details that won't be on NCLEX, but will help you to be a better nurse. Okay, so people are saying protein is going to fall into electrolytes, but is protein an electrolyte? Nah, protein is a waste. Yes, protein is a waste product. Your body is not going to be needing protein, all right, in a way that you need to keep that around. Because what do we develop? What do we develop if we have too much protein? If we have too much of that waste product of a protein, what kind of issues is our patient going to have? They're going to have an increased ammonia level. And ammonia is a poison. So we got to get that protein out of the body. Okay. All right. So now let's just talk about some teaching components. Let's talk about some teaching components. When we talk about going up to, yes, good job, protein urea, don't want that. When we talk about PD or HD, peritoneal dialysis or hemodialysis, which one is going to limit your patient's ability to travel? This is critical thinking. If your patient's on an inside dialysis or outside dialysis, which one is going to limit their ability to travel? Show up, Remar Nurses. This is the beginning of the week, and it's a wonderful, wonderful Monday. If you have not just taken a moment to be thankful for your opportunity to even have your right mind to be taking on this information, let's be grateful today. It's a great Monday. So the dialysis that is going to limit travel is going to be what? Why? Why is the hemodialysis going to limit our patient's ability to travel, right? Your patient wants to spend a week in Italy. Can they do it? Probably not, right? Oh, my goodness. Can't go. Because of what? Yeah, you guys said the outside dialysis. The outside dialysis is not going to serve for your ability to go off to Italy for a week. Because, yes, I see it. Because you have to be there three times a week. Okay? Hemodialysis is done at a facility with equipment. And so you need a special machine that more than likely is not going to be able to travel with you. Yes. What about which dialysis? And this is all thinking about the patient's perspective. Sometimes with NCLEX, you can do it from a nursing perspective, but other times you really have to think about what is going to be most important for your patient, okay? And I see here, uh, <laughs> Andy says they can travel to the facility three times a week. That's where they're going, right? 
So um, I asked this question, which which one requires more critical thinking? What would you say? And this is from a patient perspective. Is it the inside or is it the outside dialysis? Which one requires more critical thinking? Peritoneal dialysis or hemodialysis? So I'm giving you a critical thinking question about critical thinking question. <laughs> All right. I'm making you guys work early this morning, early this morning. Which one requires more critical thinking? And the comments are mixed here, but the correct answer, and I want you to be ready to tell me why, is this one, okay? Why does this one, why does inside dialysis require more critical thinking than outside dialysis? Safety points here, safety points. Your patient has to be, and Erica says, why? Why? Anybody have any good answers as to why this one requires more critical thinking for your patients? I like it. Let me see if I can find it, if I can catch it. Because they're doing it at home. Okay. So if a patient is doing this at home, do they have the nurse standing there? Do they have the doctor on call? They don't. They don't. Good, good job. Because you are by yourself. All right. Because yes, being the listen, you have to be so careful. Okay. You must monitor it more. You're doing it at home. Does that make sense to the people who put the hemodialysis? Right. So from a patient perspective, they go into the facility and basically what do they usually do? They usually go to sleep watch a movie, they are on autopilot. So do they have to really, you know, no, they're leaving it up to the nurses and the healthcare professionals, which is why it makes sense for a lot of people to do, okay, to do the outside dialysis, all right? Now, mm, so are we all clear on that? Can we, can I move on to the next point? We're good on that? Thumbs up if we're good, okay? This last point is very important. Which one requires a more restrictive diet? Okay. Knowing what you know about, ooh, mm, knowing what you know about inside and outside dialysis, which one requires a more restrictive diet? Okay. And you can't say both. I don't want you, I don't want you to say both. It's a, that's a good, that's a good work around it. But no, there is one, there is one that is more restrictive than the other. And it is based on guess what? Inside technique versus outside technique. Amitha says hemodiasis, 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 like three big ones. This is good. I'm not giving you the answer right away because I really want you to think about it. Okay. Correct answer is this one. More restrictive diet, hemodialysis, okay? This one is going to require a more restrictive diet because of the frequency that you're going for this, okay? So with hemodialysis, how often are they going? You said it, three times a week. Peritoneal dialysis, you're doing it every day. 
Okay, most people are doing their peritoneal dialysis every day. So which one does the patient have the ability to build up more waste, more toxins? It's this one. Because if you're only doing it three times a week, if you're not eating right, if you're not being very careful about your diet, then you can build up more toxins that's going to put more strain on your body. But peritoneal dialysis, because you're because because you are purifying your blood every day, eh, stuff might you know not to say you can't eat you know right you should, but stuff won't stay in the body as long. Does that make sense? All right, we are laying down the foundations, the points in nursing school you may have learned but have forgotten by now, but we are making sure that when we talk about dialysis, we are all starting off on the right page. Thank you for coming to class so much. Let's get into our formal lecture, everybody. So dialysis, again, it is a machine version of the kidneys. The kidneys are not able to do what they are tasked to do, so they need help. Dialysis is considered a medical procedure. It is a medical intervention. It is a treatment. There should be, oh, let me ask you this. Should there be an order? Should there be an order for dialysis? Should there be a prescription for dialysis? Absolutely, everybody should be saying, yes, there needs to be a prescription for this procedure, all right? And it should have the duration, the length of time, the access, yes. And so it's a medical procedure that is going to filter waste products, excess fluid, uh-huh, toxins from the body when the kidneys are unable to do it, to perform their function. Now, it also helps to, what did we say before, maintain the electrolyte and fluid levels in the body, good stuff. And this is a life-saving treatment for individuals with end-stage renal or acute injury. Now, one thing, if you are following dialysis as a whole, you will see that the idea of this dialysis is changing. It used to be a time, it used to be a time where if a patient's kidneys were failing, the best and first thing you would do is try to help put them on dialysis, right? But the research is showing that actually patients who are put on dialysis very early on, they don't necessarily do any better than those who maybe wait to start this treatment. So I'm following this research because it is so, so interesting that the idea of dialysis as the best and primary treatment, I, I see that changing. So who needs dialysis? It is a patient with end-stage renal disease. Okay, where the kidneys have lost most of their function. They cannot function on their own. Also, an acute kidney injury where for a, a sudden time, the kidneys lose their function. And so the patient is temporarily put on dialysis. Fluid overload. So excessive fluid buildup in the body can be an indication for our dialysis. And also, of course, a severe electrolyte imbalance may necessitate the need for dialysis. The two types of dialysis that you are expected to know for your board exam is the hemodialysis 
um, and the peritoneal dialysis as a whole, as a whole. And the question is, do they need a consent? What do you guys say? Does a patient need a con informed consent for this medical procedure? What would you guys say? So with hemodialysis, you are doing a dialysis. And of course, the, the answer, I don't know if you guys see it in the comments, but absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, okay. And the idea of a informed consent, let me just pause because we do have nurses from all levels. Some nurses, maybe just in nursing school, they haven't gone over this. But whenever you talk about an informed consent, the idea is that the physician has sat down with the patient and has explained the what? the advantages and the disadvantages of this medical procedure. And so before connecting a patient to a dialysis machine, that patient should also understand that there are risks involved to doing this. And then even before that, for most patients, they need to have what before we can connect them to a dialysis machine. Let me, I'm going too far ahead of myself. I'll come, I'll come back to that question. <laughs> but what do they need to have before we can even do any of this stuff? So hemodialysis is a type of dialysis that involves using a machine to filter the blood where? Outside the body. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so during hemodialysis, the patient's blood is going to be pumped through a dialyzer, which is going to remove the waste products. It's, very, it's a very wonderful machine. It removes waste. It removes excess fluid and toxins. And then it returns the clean blood to the body. And so because of the complexity of this intervention, it is performed in a clinical setting. And yes, I see the answers. The patient is going to require surgery, all right? And so we have to create a vascular access. And so we're gonna use an arterial venous fistula where we're literally connecting an artery and a vein, okay? Um, or a catheter, and those have to be placed in our patient. And so they will get this done, we said for a few hours, several times a week. That's one type of dialysis. And if you're not taking notes and you don't know this information, do yourself a favor, get out your phone, get out your notebook and write down these principles. These are hardcore principles. I'm giving you guys stuff that people pay thousands of dollars for in a nursing classroom. You're getting a review of that for free right now. Okay, so take note of this information. Peritoneal dialysis is a type of dialysis that utilizes the, the lining of the abdomen. We call that the peritoneum, all right? And there's a membrane there. And that membrane protects your body because it naturally filters waste products and it prevents that from getting into the bloodstream. Um, and also it, it can remove excess fluid from the bloodstream as well. So your body has its own mechanism that is used to help support the kidneys when they're not doing their function. And so the benefit of this inside dialysis is it can be performed at home. And because it uses the peritoneal membrane for filtration, it can be more convenient for your patient. However, it still requires a permanent catheter placement. So yes, that informed consent is always needed because you can't start 
any type of dialysis without having surgery first. And we know that surgery is going to require an informed consent. Great questions. And so before dialysis, these are the things that nurses need to know. These are NCLEX PowerPoints. And also, hey, you guys know our questions are coming up next. We have 65 likes, but over 400 people watching. So smash that like button because we got to get to 200 likes in order to unlock our fifth question today. So what are the nurses doing before dialysis to make sure that everything's okay to proceed? The first thing that nurses need to do is we need to assess the fluid status of the patient. We take the patient's weight. We compare it to what it was the, the day before or the last time. And then we're also going to be monitoring the vital signs. We also need to assess the fistula, the graft, the shunt, whatever is there. And we need to be feeling for a thrill or hearing a bruit. You have to be able to determine that the patency is proper before this hemodialysis takes place. There are medications that you hold. Why do we hold medications before dialysis? What's the point of it? If a patient is, uh, you know, if a patient is on a cardiac medication, wouldn't you think that you would want to give them their cardiac medications? Why are we not giving patients medications before dialysis? This is a huge safety point, huge. So antihypertensives, we don't give them. All right, ACE inhibitors and ARBs, lisinopril, lorsartan are examples, beta blockers such as atenolol, CCBs, nifedipine, verapamil, ditalazem. Don't you love our language? Diuretics, ferrosamide, hydrochlorothiazide, dilators such as nitroglycerin. Why are we not giving these medications Antonia? Of course, because the, you know, they can cause, yeah, they're like a couple of reasons. Their blood pressure can go down. We're already taking out the uh, the fluid and then we put them on an antihypertensive. They're going to be low possibly. And then also where's all the blood going? The blood is leaving the body. So the blood is leaving to get processed through a purification system. And so any medication that we possibly might give the patient may get filtered out. And that's not going to be helpful for our patient either. So two safety points there. You guys got them both. Good job. And then also washed out antibiotics, digoxin, and the water-soluble vitamins, B, C, and folic acids. So those are safety points, considerations for NCLEX. Complications for dialysis can be deadly if a patient is not monitored, particularly for hemodialysis. You have to keep your assessment skills on point. And I love, you know what? I love our uh, dialysis nurses. They are so amazing. They are so wonderful and dedicated. Shout out to dialysis nurses at these centers who are holding us down. Deadly complications are dialysis disequilibrium syndrome, DDS, restlessness and disorientation. Somebody had mentioned this in the comments. The patient can vomit for sure and headache. And so the priority action, if a patient is um, having issues with their dialysis procedure, we wanna stop or slow the infusion. 
and report that to the provider, okay? But always follow the nursing process. I can't say that enough when we are taking care of our patients, especially for NCLEX, that nursing process. And you guys know I went to the conference last week. The nursing process is still the way that we use our critical thinking skills through everything. Uh, Reed Marner showed up. She says, I missed your voice, Regina. I passed my NCLEX RN last month, but still come on to watch Monday Motivation. Thank you so much for uh, for coming back and saying hi. Hi there. All right. Uh, I want to be one. I want to be one. Mighty. I'm. We, we love, we love Dallas's nurses. Sinas, am I saying this right? Yes, my uncle passed away during dialysis. He had cardiogenic shock while he was on dialysis and the nurse continued the dialysis. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. That's a tough, um, that's a tough situation to talk about. But you know what? Everybody here, 600 people will remember that a patient's life was terminated and a nurse was right there with them. Okay. And that's why it's so important for tests like the NCLEX to be in place. And, and for us to be continuing learning, we always should be learning. Um, I learned new things about dialysis, even as I was studying it to prepare it for you guys. I learned some really great things about dialysis and just, um, you know, always being ready to learn and listen always being ready to learn and listen. So we send our condolences, but we thank you so much for sharing, for sharing that comment with us. And so we're talking about how dialysis can indeed be fatal to our patients. And so we must never get slack or very loose in how we are treating uh, patients, okay? Because people love them and people expect for them to get the best care. And so as a, a patient who is coming in with a fistula, all right, we want to make sure that we are having them squeeze or grip a rubber ball or sponge, making sure that blood flow is going to that area. Swelling can be common, so we understand that for our patients, but we want to be monitoring their overall fluid balance and things that are not normal for our patient is going to be, these are the five Ps for things that are not normal, and they are paler paresthesia, if there is pump failure, pseudoaneurysm, and pain. All right. Other things that we want to monitor during dialysis is infections, signs of infections, signs of bleeding, feeling a thrill. Also, these are the nose, no restrictive clothing or jewelry. Okay, if the patient has on a watch, that is going to be something that we would ask them to take off. No blood pressure to be taken in the affected arm with that vascular access in it. No sleeping on the arm, no creams or lotion, no lifting over five pounds. Our nursing care interventions are going to be things that we teach our patients. So listen up very carefully. Our pre-dialysis assessment, we talked about this. It's important to explain uh, the importance of doing something pre-dialysis. So taking the weights, taking the vital signs, 
documenting and discussing the assessment of the fluid status, the vital signs, the electrolyte levels. The nurses should be reviewing all those things. Look at your patient's electrolytes before they start dialysis. What medications are they on? Have they taken? All right, so reviewing the client's dialysis prescription. What are you infusing? What is the length? All those things. Vascular access care. You have to know that emphasizing the significance of proper vascular access that is going to be used to prevent infection and complications. And then again, infection, prevention and control, huge. Discuss the importance of infection prevention for the patient. That includes hand hygiene, aseptic technique during dressing changes. You should know the definition of aseptic. If you don't know it, stop right now and look it up. What does aseptic mean? Proper catheter care and regular monitoring for signs of infection. We are doing amazing showing up to class. I got almost 655 nurses here. Are you guys ready to do the questions? Let's get into it with our questions for today. Here's question number one. We're starting right off with the next-gen question. Which of the following are indications for initiating dialysis in a client with end-stage renal disease? Select four that apply. So there's five choices. Four of them are going to be right. Number one, persistent hyperkalemia. Number two, severe acidosis. Three, fluid overload. Four hypokalemia, or five elevated urea levels. What sayeth you, Remar nurses? What sayeth you, Remar nurses? Okay. I see one, two, three, and five. I see one, two, three, and five. Okay. Uh, how, did we reach our like levels? Ah, we got our like levels going. So that's amazing. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> love it. I should read it. For the motivation. Oh, for the motivation. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I will. All right. And while you guys are putting in, so my husband, you guys know my husband, Mark, he found, I'm a journaler. So he actually found an old notebook uh, that I had in nursing school. All right. And so this is the first page. God loves me. Right. I had to remind myself that before I started nursing school. <laughs> but um, so apparently he was going through it. And I'm going to read you guys. I, I actually am going to read you guys something in a second. That's emotional for me. What he just showed me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, OK. So the correct answer. This is what I'm seeing here. This is what I'm seeing. I am seeing these things. All right. The correct answer is going to be. Did you get this one right? It is going to be one, two, three, and five. So I see many, 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 many people, many, many, many people with that. So uh, persistent hyperkalemia, we would definitely want to start dialysis for end-stage renal disease. Severe acidosis, yes, okay. Fluid overload, elevated urea levels also are well. So these options are conditions that indicate that the renal function is compromised and dialysis is needed to restore electrolyte balance, remove waste products, and regulate fluid volume. All right, okay, let's do the next question. Good job, everybody. 
Question number two, the nurse is preparing to assess the access site of a client with a newly placed arterial venous fistula for hemodialysis. Which findings should be reported to the healthcare provider? A, number one, paler at the site. Two, bruising around the site. Three, mild swelling of the site. Four, thrill and brewy present. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Okay, all right. Everybody, well, no, I wanted to say everybody was picking number one, but I see some number twos in the building as well. So let me let me just display the right answer. The right answer is going to be number Ah, number one, paler at the site. If you showed up for the content portion of this, paler may indicate that what? Not enough blood is getting to the area. And so that might suggest that a clot is there or that there's some stenosis happening with that vascular access. At any event, we don't want to have blood flow depending on this particular point if there is paler there, if there is paler there. So correct answer was number one. Let's get another go. Let's give it another go. Here is a tough one. During hemodialysis, the nurse notes that the patient blood pressure drops from 150 to 90. Oh, I'm sorry. From 150 over 90 to 90 over 60. Okay. The patient becomes restless and reports nausea, which is the priority nursing action. So during hemodialysis, the nurse notes that the patient's blood pressure, it went from 150 over 90 to 90 over 60, which is the priority nursing action. Number one, administer an anti-emetic. Two, increase the rate of the dialysis machine. Three, notify the physician about the client's condition. Four, Check the patency for any clotting in the dialysis site. Oh, there is an NCLEX way. It is, and this is how, um, this right here is how a lot of nursing students failed the exam. Right here, right here. Correct answer, number four. Check the patency for any clotting in the dialysis site. You got to remember the nursing process. Don't you call that doctor if you haven't assessed that patient. And because what happens when we do this? What happens when NCLEX, they get us every time? They get us every time. You know why? Because we see a change in the patient's condition and we think, I'm powerless. I'm helpless. I better go call the doctor. He's going to know what to do. But the problem is, Who's there with the patient? Not the doctor. The doctor is two units over, maybe sleeping. It's two o'clock in the morning, doctor's sleeping, all right? Cannot, we cannot forget the what? It's the nursing process. It's the nursing process. You need to check that patient before you call the doctor, okay? And I said it because when you call the doctor at two o'clock in the morning and you say, my patient's blood pressure has dropped. Hold on, let me go back. All right, you say, my patient's blood pressure has dropped, doctor, okay? From 150 over 90 
to 90 over 60, he's going to be like, and what else? And you can't say, well, I don't know what else. I just thought I would call you. I'm just, I'm calling you to tell me what to do. And he's going to say, did you assess the patient? Is this AV? Sean, is it, is it Peyton? Did he have a watch on? Did he have, is he laying on his arm? Why are you calling me? You haven't done an assessment. What do you want me to come do the assessment for you? Because this is how doctors talk to you. This is how they talk to you. You want me to come and do your job and my job. I got to assess the patient and I got to, and I got to treat them and you're there. Okay. Y'all, you don't ever want to be on the end of that phone call. Assess that patient first. Okay. Cause the doctor is waiting on your nursing process to help him make decisions. And if you call that doctor, okay, it's two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Let me get off of that. All right. <laughs> okay. So y'all won't ever forget that. Some of you got it right, but too many of y'all got that one wrong. And this is how they get you on NCLEX. All right. Here we go. Let's try another one. The nurse is caring for a client undergoing continuous ambulatory peritoneal dialysis, which finding requires immediate intervention. Here we go. Number one, cloudy effluent drainage. Two, mild abdominal discomfort, three, slight erythema at the catheter exit site, or four, low-grade fever, okay? Which one are we going to go with? Which one are we gonna go with that is going to require immediate intervention? And this is inside versus outside teaching care right here. You guys know the difference. So with our inside dialysis, peritoneal dialysis, the cloudy drainage is not going to be welcomed, all right? It's not. It is a sign that there is an infection going on, possibly peritonitis, okay, which is going to be able to completely, you know, disrupt our patient's quality of care with this specific inside dialysis. So we got to notify the healthcare provider immediately when we see cloudy drainage from peritoneal dialysis. Okay. Um, and we did, we did reach our likes easily. We did reach our likes easily. So shout out to you guys. Good job. Bonus question has been unlocked. Here it is. The nurse is monitoring a client's laboratory results after hemodialysis, which finding indicates a potential complication which finding indicates a potential complication is it going to be number one serum potassium level of 3.8 two bun of 40 three hemoglobin of 12.5 or four calcium level of 8.6 what sayeth you which one is going to indicate a potential complication Mm, I see I see different answers and that's okay because we are here to learn how to answer these NCLEX questions correctly. The correct answer is going to be numero two, that BUN level, okay? And so this is a potential complication, the BUN level of 40, too high, all right? So hemodialysis is performed to remove some of the waste products from the blood. and um, when we do that, all right, because the elevated BUN level is going to indicate an in 
adequate clearance of urea. And so we need to be able to notify the doctor to let him know to make the adjustments for our dialysis patient or their treatment plan. So how did you do? How did you do? How did you do? I am so happy that we got through dialysis. That is a huge chunk. Like I said, we just really covered the skeleton of it so that if you have your quick facts book and you go to page 32, you will be able to consume it. Sometimes it just helps if you hear it first, but you'll be able to consume this dialysis chart and section more readily. All right. So you combine this with the, let me show you this too, because a lot of you don't know this. This is the V2. This is my program. This is actually the trial account um, that I'm about to log into. Did you know you can get a trial version of the V2? And it is going to allow you to go in. You'll be able to watch the maternity and care. All right. That whole section you will be able to watch. And this, and this is a trial version. All right. And then for the rest of it, you will upgrade your account. But for you to see what it is like to study content, especially, listen, especially if you have a maternity or any kind of, yeah, labor and delivery quiz going on, coming up, do that. And then you'll also be able to go into the question bank for the trial. Let me get my mouse up there too. And in the trial, and there's RN and PN. In the trial, you'll be able to create exams. All right. And these are just the ones that I created in my trial account. And so you'll be able to go in there and take, take quizzes, everything. All right. Let me just show you. And this is something that you can do. This is something you can do right now. You don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to pay for anything. You literally can go to the website, remarnurse.com and sign up for the trial of the V2. All right. Were you a safe nurse today? Amazing. Amazing. That is the goal. All right. Your Monday motivation is simply this, guys. Wake up and remember. Wake up and remember. And this is what you are going to be waking up and remembering. When you wake up in the morning, when you woke up this morning, do you remember what your job is? What is your J-O-B? You gotta be on your job. You gotta be on your job. What is your job? Do you know what it is? Some people are like, I don't know. Like, what is my job? Is it to do what this young lady is doing? Is it to just, uh, you know, is it to just be on the phone, scrolling social media, all right? What is it? It is, your job is this. Your job is this. Your job is the job of a, Somebody says, yeah, I remember my job. You are a student, okay? If nobody told you this before, you are a student. Until you get that nursing license, you essentially are still a nursing student. And I don't care if they pinned you at the graduation, you still are in a learning phase. And so just think, what is the job of a student? Okay, what is the job of a student? The job of a student, and this is what you should do. And you know what? I'm gonna say most of you guys are on your job because the job of a student is this: attending classes on time and regularly. Okay, being prepared for classes with all necessary supplies, taking good care of your school property, and completing all your homework assignments. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? I, I, I want to say, 
that I truly believe in my heart of hearts, most of you guys understand the assignment because you're coming to my class. All right. You're coming to my class. You're here with a purpose. You're here with a reason. And I know somebody like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm doing studying. I'm taking care of my family. All, all of those things. You have to. You have to be in this mentality because let me tell you something. If you forget who you are, you will begin to live a life that's not for you. If you forget that you are actually still a nursing student and you need to be studying and preparing for this test, you will fall into a comfort zone of being a Walmart employee. Uh, you will go back to working as a CNA, right? You'll get into a comfort zone and you will find that you have been living the wrong life and really working the wrong job for six months, six years. We see it all the time. We see it all the time happening here. So if you are a nursing student and you're showing up to this class, the class materials that you should, you're not watching these videos, I know, and you don't at least have quick facts. This is school property, all right? You're in Remar Nurse University. This is school property. This is school property. This right here, this calendar. School property. This is your calendar for the study sessions. Do you have it? This is school property, the 30-day challenge. Are you doing it? And this is so important because when you, and, and this is so important, when you are a nursing student, it is not something that typically is a, 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 a nice, calm, cool, collected experience. Let me read y'all. I told y'all Mark found, this was my journal in nursing school, okay? Which was literally, oh my goodness, the date on this, is September 27th, 2006, okay? I, this is what I wrote. Today was my first day of clinicals in my junior year, okay? Because my nursing program was three years. So today was my first day of clinicals in my junior year, and it was very overwhelming. I really felt like I was completely unprepared and in over my head. After clinicals, I took an hour nap, and then I had to go straight to work. We were very busy at work today and I felt like I should have called off. I was so tired. Then I thought to myself, can I really do this? I asked my mom if I should just take out a loan and my mom wasn't thrilled about the idea. She said God's grace was sufficient. I knew deep down in my heart that she is right. I just have to believe God for who he is. That's it right? That's it. Listen, being a nursing student is hard. You have to learn your craft. And for most of us, like me, I have to work. You still got to work and you still got to handle your other business while you're in this season. It's not easy to do, but if you look around and you get caught up in what other people are doing and you start to, you know, detach from the work that needs to be done, you're going to find yourself not living the life that God has for you. When I look back and I read that, I remember that young lady. She had to constantly remind herself, and not just me, I had other people in my life that spoke positivity into me, that this is not going to be an easy task. But let me tell you this. This is a scripture that I, I had for today because, you, you know, you guys know how we get down. And Mark read this yesterday um, to me. He said this. 
This is from King Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Mark, you remember you read this to me? I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Yet, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeth to them all. And I really like this first part because you guys know King Solomon, you know, King Solomon was like the wisest man. He asked, you know, God asked him like, what do you want? What do you want? I'll give you anything. And King Solomon did not ask for money. He did not ask for fame. He asked for wisdom. And so this is a man who at, you know, the very end of testing everything in the world. This is what he says. And I love the first part. He said, I returned and saw under the sun, like under this whole everything, that the race is not to the swift, meaning the fastest person doesn't always win the race nor the battle to the strong. The strongest person doesn't always win the battle. And some of us, we are there, you know? We're looking at other people and it seems like everybody is getting what they're going after except for you. And you have to remember that your process is different from somebody else's walk. And that what God is doing in your life, you can't compare it to what he is doing in somebody else's life. When I was in nursing school, I was very lonely. I literally had no friends, like literally. I didn't have a study group. People weren't calling me to study up with them. It was very difficult. And I was very poor. Like I can't tell y'all how stressed out I was because I had to, you know, work, pay my bill, all, all those things, right? Um, but now I look at my life and I say, I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad I didn't give up because now my study sessions, I got the biggest study group on the planet. Literally, I went from having zero people to study with to a thousand people. And I know this is my ministry now because I'm appreciative of each and every person that shows up to my study sessions, right? And so again, it is not how quickly you get to your goal. It is who you are when that goal is placed in your hands? Do you have the character of somebody who is grateful or do you expect everything to be handed to you, right? Is your life so easy that, you know, you, you, are, you don't appreciate people that make time for you? Where you, you know, you can't say thank you. There are people like that in nursing, just so we're clear, right? But God is preparing you for a different walk. And so if you are feeling uh, tired, if you are fearing, feeling weak or not up for the challenge, understand that that is where your character is being tested. Okay, that is where your character is being tested. And we want to come out tried and true. At the end of it, we want to come out as pure gold because we have been tested and we are found to be tried and true. All right. And so again, if you didn't write this one down, Ecclesiastes 9, 11. Thank you guys so much for showing up to class on today. Hey, thank you guys so much, so much. We talked about dialysis. We got the quick facts notes. Guys, get into the trial version of the V2 if you don't have it. And let me just remind you, the 30-day challenge. You can even do the 30-day challenge in the trial. 
All right. And each one of these videos has questions that you can just challenge yourself and see if you know it. And that again is totally free. So no excuses, no excuses why you don't have something that you could be doing. If you're a nursing student, that means you are studying under somebody. All right. And most of us is true. Even if you don't listen to me, there's somebody you are listening to, to help you on this journey. So make sure that you are doing your part. Okay. You're doing your part. And if you showed up to class today, I would say that's a great start. I think that you actually are doing your part. And so I want to say, keep going, keep going, because you know what? I see that finish line for you. I do. I see that test date. I see that test date and I see you arriving, showing up prepared and you understanding, hey, listen, the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Amen. God's word is sure. I will see you guys later. Thank you so much for watching.